Happy Wednesday. What's going on? Welcome to the People's Show. Coming to you live from the Kintech studio. Kintech footwear and orthotics. Canada's favorite orthotics provider. Powered by thousands of five-star Google reviews. Find your perfect fit at Kintech.net. Vic Nazar here with you. Dom, Elon, running the show. Get involved in the show. 650-650 into the Dunbar Lumber text message inbox. Dunbar Lumber, three stores to serve you in Ladner on Bridge Street. Dunbar Lumber Express at Ladner Center or Arbutus in Vancouver online at DunbarLumber.com. Folks, behind the glass, what's going on? Uh, I guess we should congratulate Jordan and Langley for winning the yeah. uh, People Show Fantasy was, Football League. I was going to do that for our... Uh, Fantasy football update and uh, later on today. Congrats to Elon Chark for we, winning the uh, Sportsnet 650 fantasy football. Are we doing that one too? We're, 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 we're I just did. We're celebrating Elon? We're you celebrating? gotta send him his money, okay? Send him his yeah, money. Yeah, I will. I will. I'll, I'll make sure I do that. Uh, what are you doing with the uh, the big winnings? Uh, undecided, you know. Undecided. Maybe throw it on a couple of playoff games. You weren't preparing for this? like. Yeah, it's nothing crazy. It's board, not a crazy pot. Like that. Where you're like, oh, I just want a thousand bucks. It's nothing like that. So just hundred and ten bucks. But you can still picture no. winning, like you know, like shampoo bottle, and you got the Oscar. You're like, oh, I'd like to thank this person or your master's dinner, which I'm sure you have an idea of what your master's dinner would be like, even though you don't play golf. Yeah, I'll throw one out. Thank you, Kyron Williams. There we go. There we go. You, uh, your significant other, not listen to this program? Definitely not. Okay. Elon barely listens to the program. I, well, and he's <laughs> and he works here. I was going to say, you should probably take her out to a nice steak dinner or something with that kind of cash. Ah, she'll hear me talk about sports all day long. She's yeah. not going <laughs> to tune into this, so. We're going to a festive feast over at uh, Pizza by the Slice. Pizza by the Slice. That's what we're doing. <laughs> That'd be a power move. Get Two for one, up. babe. Two for one. Get all dressed up, like rent a car, and just like drive her. Be like, pull up to a Pizza by the Slice. Yeah. Like, Here we go. Two can dine, baby. This is the move tonight. Throw a curveball, man. Throw a curveball every once in a while. Uh, all right, Canucks win last Keep night. Them on their toes. <laughs> <laughs> Keep them guessing. Uh, Canucks win last night, six-three. Uh, even though it didn't feel that way uh, for a lot of folks uh, in the final forty minutes, uh, they they trounced the Sens early, five nothing. It was uh, unbelievable. Like I, the 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 PA announcements couldn't come out fast enough on like a goalie change, uh, let alone the goals and a penalty and. Before you knew it, Canucks were way up in that game. Uh, 17 minutes of that game. 5 nothing. And you know, we were talking on the on the show last night. Didn't get a chance to really delve deep into it. And so I'll ask this to you. 650-650 into the Dunbar Lumber text message inbox or 604-280-0650 if you want to call in open boards uh, here in this opening segment uh, and later on in the show. we got Danny Kelly coming up on Wednesdays as we always do, uh, but we'll have some time in the back end of the show as well. Now that you look at this, and you know, 51 points here in 37 games beyond everyone's wildest uh, imaginations, and you have time to kind of step back and say, all right, like we can try some things now, right? It's the baseline to get to the playoffs is so low right now for the, the, the threshold for the Vancouver Canucks. They can go 500 and they're in. So it allows you to experiment in ways at the beginning of the season you really couldn't. It was pedal to the metal, get your results, 
and then take a second to breathe. Well, now they can sit back and breathe for a minute. And is there some things you want to experiment with? And for instance, like we talked about the third line that's been having so much success against Philly, they go up against the Couturier line and it doesn't go so swimmingly. And so they get moved off. But it's you know one of the first times we've seen hey the hard matchup go for the third line into a game. And to be fair, they tried it again yesterday and it went a lot better, certainly in the first period. That to me is the the most critical time of yesterday. I don't know how much we're taking away from the final forty minutes. Maybe for you is important, but for the for me, the the game was won and lost. The game was decided in the opening twenty minutes, and in that stretch, the Bluger line did a phenomenal job getting hard match against the Stutzel line. So hey, it, it's a check in their column. Here's that opportunity to get a matchup, and yesterday they they did the job. And so it's another chance to keep trying that experiment. What other things are are, on, are you on the lookout for of that you are willing to experiment with? 650, 650. That you just like to see try if it's within the next, you know, 10 games. You know, because once you get to the deadline, then it's we have to sharpen everything up and, and race to the final. And we, we have a race to the playoffs. And we have our idea of what our roster looks like. And we should be honing everything down. This stretch here. Because of their success, they got a chance to try some things. And, and the thing we were talking about yesterday on the postgame show is do you explore the idea of a Hughes-Heronic split? They've obviously been so good together. But here recently, you've seen a couple of frayed moments uh, for the Hughes-Heronic pairing. And is this, it, with Susie coming back, you're going to have these you know, extra D-men. Is this a chance to experiment with something that maybe you had an idea with in the summer? Because we spent all summer going, you know, Hughes and Cole. There's that steady stay-at-home D-man. Yeah, he's got to flip to the other side. But is this that opportunity to go Hughes, Cole, Susie, Hronik, Zadorov, Myers? Do you throw that out there and say, okay, now we can we can test some things because we have the luxury of success so far. And if it stumbles, we can always come back to this. And you're looking at a scenario where maybe we can probably play about 650 hockey if we need to come back to this rather than the 689 they're going so far. They would be stable that way. What else is on your radar? Because I'd be really interested in, in uh, to seeing what a Hughes Cole would look like. Because recently, and you know, it's the point Sat was making in the postgame show, like the, the Hronik on two-on-ones is becoming an issue. And it's not going to surface all the time because of the way they play. They haven't given up odd man rushes a whole bunch. But the, the times he does need to defend two-on-ones, it's looked a little odd. And by the way, playing with Quinn Hughes, not that Quinn Hughes is reckless, but you want Quinn Hughes. You want to empower him to go be a play creator and a play driver from the back end. So sometimes your duty is to be defending two-on-ones. And recently, they've been ending up in the back of the net and just looks odd every single one of these. Like last night, he's going full speed. Skating back towards his net, not 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 even backwards skating. Like he's full sprint backwards or d- d- back into the zone, and does the flip and slides. It's hard to stop yourself, and he slides right out of the play. And it's been a common occurrence at times for Philipronic defending two on ones. I'd be interested. Uh, six fifty, six fifty. Marcus and Gibson's. I'd like to experiment with scratching Tyler Myers. Well, that's not going to happen. Pie in the sky uh, ideas. Just resetting roster situations here. What's on your mind? Uh, this one. 
uh, Chris from Nine was any team ever dressed four left-sided D-men and then rotated two guys through on the right side? Look, there just aren't enough right-handed D-men to go around in the league functionally. So this is done across the league regularly. It's a coach's preference to not want to do it, but it's being done. The, the, the list of right-handed D-men across the league that play credible minutes is really, really difficult to find. And it showcases like why you know Philip Peronix price what it was because these guys are just hard to pry out. Uh, Dom, did you have an idea there? You look like you're about to grab the microphone. Something you want to experiment with? Just uh, I'd like to see who's like throw meritocracy out the door. Oh man, I know okay. that's tough in a talking system. Mm-hmm. And and see if you can give Kuzmenko a run of ten games where you're playing him sixteen top. minutes a night. 17 minutes and really night. see if you can rebuild his confidence. Because at this point, what do you have yeah. to lose? You're, you're, you're not wrong. It's just that the thing is, like, you have to throw a principle out the window. And that's the thing is, like, I don't know if you're ever going to get that back, right? Because you, you break that. It's like, well, come on. Like, we're, are we a meritocracy or not? That would be my worry is the the spillage from that. Because it's outside of the realm of just how do we get Kuzmenko playing better? Yeah, it 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 changes who you are philosophically, and is doing it for one person worth it? And by the way, like not even your team's best player, he's probably like the seventh, eighth most important player, just off the top of my head. But the drop off from last year mm-hmm. is massive. Mm-hmm. And it really makes you wonder, like, is Kuzmenko, the one we're seeing right now, the real Kuzmenko? Or can we get him somewhere, you know, split the difference? Is he Slim Shady? Will the real Andre Kuzmenko yeah. please stand up? Please stand it up. Just seems like, it please just seems up. very odd that uh, we find ourselves in a position where he's so ineffective compared to last year. The, the real strange thing, it, it's that, uh, but by the way, like he's shooting at 17.8% this year. Mm-hmm. That's not bad. No. That's awesome. He's just not shooting enough. And he's not playing the uh, yeah. target system. But he, he's he's really not shooting anywhere to the level, like, frequency that you really need. But is that not confidence? Or is that, is that game plan? But is that also, like, it, his game in the KHL was not scorer. It was playmaker. Mm-hmm. So is he trying to be himself in a role that they need something else for him? And I know it was discussed today over on Donnie and Dolly, like Jake Ensel, right? That dude knows what he is. That dude is going to shoot. And... You need a goal scorer. This thing we were talking about yesterday on the show. You need a goal scorer next to Elias Pettersson. You know, the, the, the marriage with, with Tyler Toffoli, it was really brief, obviously. But you saw like what it looked like to put a goal scorer next to Elias Pettersson. Really, really small sample size, I'm aware. But Tyler Toffoli had six goals in those ten regular season games. And, you know, injury notwithstanding uh, in the playoffs – it, it that, that to me is like the ideal version of of a player next to Elias Pettersson. We've seen Brock Besser obviously have success there. It hasn't been the same for the past couple of years, but that to me is a, a a thing I would be interested in. Andre Kuzmenko, he can score goals. Is that how he visions himself playing in the NHL? He he might just be a natural playmaker and isn't a shoot first player. But Jake Ensel. Man, that guy is going to throw up 400 pucks towards the net. I also, um, I don't know what the game plan is for Vasily Podkolzin. 
mm-hmm. but I'd love to see if you can bring him up and he catches fire somehow. That to me would be like post deadline, where it's like maybe there's some some changes and is there a? I, I'm not advocating for this, and I don't even think it's going to happen. But for for what you're talking about, if they move some UFAs out and a spot opened up on like a fourth line mm. from March 9th onwards, after the deadline, you, you marinated, and okay, now we think you're ready. And by the way, the upside is huge. You're a guy who's a top 10 pick. Can you thrust yourself into this lineup and suddenly uh, you start looking a lot better? I know that progress isn't linear. Like, mm-hmm. Just because a guy played well one season doesn't mean it's just going to keep growing naturally. There's no, there's no pressure on him to come in and perform this year. Mm-hmm. Right. But it, so it, your risk-reward is it, it's there, It would right? have to be a fourth line. Like you sure, can't, you can't put him in a top six role. I mean, and be miracles like, happen. Go thrive. Yeah. You can't, you can't just wish upon miracles. Like, I'm manifesting. So some wish casting there, big time. Uh, 650-650, Allen texting in, uh, put Suter in a second-line center with JT on the wing. So we kind of got into this on the post-game show last night, Uh, you know, certain profiles of what you would want to see. Obviously, we're talking about top six players here you want to bring into the, the, bring into the fold. And, and, you know, Sal was making the point of, do you get someone to play next to JT? Now, my personal scenario is if, if, if you're going to bargain shop for a second-line player, and bargain shop is a luxury term here, because the, the thing I want to see is a top-line player. Someone next play Elias Pedersen, maybe moves Eli McKayev down, and that's how you solve that, that hole there. Which now, by the way, PDG out, Linus Carlson called up today, so that's also uh, something to factor in. We'll touch on that in a second here. But... If you were going to shop for for a winger for JT, and maybe it's a reduced market, and you're talking about a guy who's you know a, a good forechecker, like a souped up PDG, a Sam Lafferty type, is there a second line version of that? Would it not make just as much sense to go get a fourth line center, and you could move Pew Suter up? Now roles are different and all that sort of stuff, but uh, Pew Suter, he, he keeps making himself uh, noticeable every time he's on the ice. He looks really sharp. Fantastic, I thought, last night. Uh, and creating his own goal, too. The way he back-checked uh, on, to, on Norris on his first goal, not the one he kind of flips on on goal. But he, he looks really sharp. 650-650. Uh, uh, Petey needs better goal-scoring wingers. Kuzmenko, Ilya Mikheyev don't work, especially in a season. Look, Elias Pettersson's going to drop uh, 100 points probably this season, and he's doing it without natural top-line players next to him. There's a problem if you ever wanted to reunite the lotto line. Mm-hmm. It's just not enough centers. Yeah, and uh, do you go find a second line center? That like that to me, like there's interesting things you can do. The, ac- the acquisition cost on a two C though is going to be sure massive. But would it be worth it? it I, I have no problem paying the acquisition cost. It's it's like service years which is important, which I've talked about, like not being in the rental market. Do you get someone that's like 25 and now plays in that role? But like the end goal has to be someone to play next to Elias Pettersson. And JT Miller could play next to Elias Pettersson. So if you get a second-line center, now JT could go play on the wing, up with Elias Pettersson. Ilya Mikheyev can slot down with your new second-line center. So I, I, I'm not worried about cost. I'm worried about who's available. And are those names credible for the role you want to ask for? Yeah, man. Dude, things are expensive. <laughs> yeah. things 2024, are expensive, baby. We like, know all about that. 
there's some things that are worth paying for. Second line center, it's worth paying for. Hey, Philip Hronick comes in last year, and everyone's like, oh, man, this is really expensive. Top 4D, they're worth paying for. It's worth getting those guys. If it's real credible and it's cost-controlled, you can use service years, cost-controlled, whatever you want to talk about. But if it's an, an RFA type where you're getting years and someone who's on a reasonable contract or someone you can sign on a reasonable contract, that, to me, would be really interesting. Uh, 650, 650. Uh, Bucinavich from St. Louis. Again, I think more natural goal scorer. I, I really like the player. I'm just not sure if I'm going to throw him out there next to Elias Pettersson. That's the guy. Pie in the sky, and I'm not personally advocating for this, but he could shake free. Mitch Marner. Be interesting. Things have like, to move in Toronto. They're not going to always stay the same. That's okay. That's more of a natural top line player. I'm not sure if it's exactly who I would want, but hey, hey look, you never know. Obviously, reports uh, past 24 hours of is the Nylander deal coming down the wire here shortly. Uh, Nylander, Marner, Horvat, yeah. Miller. Yeah. Huh? Huh? I, I, I see. Huh? I see you working. I see you working. Okay. Uh, all right. Uh, we do it on Wednesdays. Uh, it is fill in the blank. Uh, I, I have no idea what's coming up. And uh, Dom's here to prompt us. We'll get more into the Canucks conversation uh, in the second half of the show as well. Uh, trying to guess the lines in week 18 of the NFL season is blank. Oh, we're starting already. Oh. Is is, is harder than the SATs hungover. <laughs> it's... For some. We, we were... Gonna... <laughs> have you ever done the SATs? No. Have you? No. But you could take them if yeah, you wanted to. Want to. I'm, I'd be curious to do an IQ test. We were talking about this over Christmas dinner. That could really humble you. Yeah, that's almost exactly what I had said. I was like, I'd like to do it, but I, I'm not sure I would want to know the answers. Like, I like, want to play Jeopardy, but I'd probably be better at sports Jeopardy. What do you think your score in Jeopardy would be? No, not good. I, I'd, I'd guess like minus 3,000 for I'd myself. probably excel at the pop culture category. And yeah, but they're about it. It's like, which 18th century Austrian philosopher? You're like, I'm out. I'm out, yeah. Sorry. Hans Zimmer? I don't know. You would just stand there just, like, looking pretty for, for half hour. Yeah, like, cracking jokes. Don't even – it'd be funny to not hit the buzzer for 30 minutes. Has anybody ever done that? Just sat there and be like, I, I froze. I choked, man. I'm sure the producers would yeah. be like, we need you to uh, hit the button. Ken Jennings, man. I, I, I froze, dude. I just – questions are coming so fast and furious. This guy next to me is cleaning the board. So it's impossible to guess what's going to happen. Uh, Yeah, it just – like, we're finding out today, like – Joe Flacco's sitting. Flacco's out. Lamar's out. Yeah. Trying to guess the lines on a Monday. Preseason week almost. A little bit. Yeah. A little bit. I, I love week 18, though. Because anything is possible. There's some, you know, because the backups are like, dude, we're, we're, we're playing for contracts. Like uh, Matt Flynn, that's the famous one. Rips it up in the last week of the year. Gets a huge deal from the Seahawks. Not a huge deal, but a decent deal. That's it. You can see some performances in the final week. This Seahawks season has been blank. Has been complicated. Oh my gosh. It's been complicated. It's How so, Vic? Severely disappointing. Severely disappointing. How's it been complicated, Vic? But they, they've poured resources. Like, this is a team that, based on their actions, right? I would say, follow the actions, not the words. They made moves with the intention of, like, hey, this is a playoff team. That's why you go get out Draymond Jones. That's why you've done some of the things that they went out and doing. And pending the results this weekend, they'll have failed that. So that's really poor. You also have to look at, like, 
where the timeline of where they are, right? What happened two years ago, they needed to do the rebuild. Now, they're doing the rebuild on the fly, which I'm fine with, and they're, they're middle of the pack. They're not bad. They're just middle of the pack. There's ways to get better, but philosophically, like, there's some huge issues here. They are getting whooped, and I mean whooped in the trenches routinely. Steelers have one of the worst offenses in the league, and they bullied them. Jamal Adams. Throughout the <laughs> well, he's, he's not even playing. Exactly. But he's not a trench player. Like, he's he's a... He's part of the problem. He's a luxury problem. But he's not even on the field right now, Dom. You're just saying it because you're a Jets fan. <laughs> he Again, it's a problem, but it's like... He's not the, contributing. The problem is, like, they're getting crunched yeah. on both sides of the football in the trenches. And, like, I've... I'll sit here and I'll continue defending Geno. A lot of people say, like, oh, quarterback solves all this. The quarterback's not solving how they're getting beat in the interior of the uh, part of the offensive line. So there's ways for them to get better, and they can get better. But, th- man, they got some real things to solve. College football is putting up record viewership because blank. Oh, man. Because... It was it was compelling this year. I think the, it's because of the committee. The whole did. fiasco, yeah, which I think is stupid. The, the whole point of this game is to win games, yeah, right? Like they they told everyone that they're an entertainment product, not a sport. Yeah. So and it was entertaining. People tuned in, and the games were close. So like Michigan, Alabama, it was like historical uh, programs playing. Uh, I curious if it continues though oh i think this is gonna be a very very well but like it was record but are they gonna break the record next year is they gonna break it the year after but like we're coming off a couple years what cincinnati was in the playoffs Mm -hmm. tcu was in the playoffs that ended really poorly but like there's a difference between tcu and u-dub being in the playoffs higher pole i think it's gonna be an outstanding final this week uh i shouldn't read into the impending nylander extension because blank because he's still got hopes that Willie Nylander is going to the free agent market. <laughs> Speaking of like goal scorers to go next to Elias Pettersson, that'd be an interesting one. But right now, it uh, it feels like um, all, all, all winds are blowing into uh, William Nylander's favor. But they have nothing to do with Elias Pettersson. No, not at all. But you, if, you, if you don't want to read anything into it, yeah, it's because you're biased and you want to see Nylander go to the open market. Man, I work with you too much. I thought you were going to say a coward. Because you're a coward. Because you're a coward. Or a mark. Uh, Last night's 6-3 Canucks win should be written off because... Because you have too much hate and malice in your heart. (laughs) There's no way that should be written off. Like, what are we talking about here? Like, I can't read into a 6-3 win where you put up five goals in the first period. Okay. There's nothing to read into. If if you don't like the last 40 minutes of that game and you're, like, actively mad about it, you then have to go back and give credence to all the moral victories we saw the past couple of years. That's my point. It, it, you can't you can't have all the things. You're making my point for me. No, that's what I'm saying. It's it's weird that, like, I was stunned last night. The Sats opened the, the post game. Be like, oh, you know, I'm not too worried about the whole last 40 minutes. Like, we're talking about this? It was a cool game. They won 5 nothing, And sure enough, that was the reaction. I was like, well, they didn't win 5 nothing. First period, they won 5 nothing. Right, right yeah, but yeah. the game's over, man. Yeah. Like, we we have we have the ability now to track stats of like in in game situations where it's like clutch, right? Like down one, up one. We we don't care about five nothing hockey. 
That's fake hockey at that stage. And it looked it that way. So if, if you're writing that win off because of what the last 40 minutes looked like, I, 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 I only have severe things to say to you, but I'm not sure if I'm going to say them. I think we have a different idea of what written off means. I think you can write it off because it's like you can write off the last 40 minutes. Don't, oh, you mean the other one? Yeah. I think you meant the win is written. No, no, no. No, no. That, that's poorly worded. That's on you. That may be. Yeah, I'll take it. Take it on the chest. Uh, I want the Canucks to blank before the trade deadline. Be aggressive. Be, be aggressive. Uh, nice. Explore all the realities, man. <laughs> I, 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 said, I said something to you that you laughed at. Um, what was the phrase? If, if you want to do all the things, you got to do all the things. Yes. They're threading the needle, right? They're trying to do this thing of rebuild, retool on the fly. So if you want to accumulate and compete and protect the future, do all those things. You you kind of have to do all those things, and it's hyper aggressive. But if you want to explore the idea of Zadorov and Myers going out and some of the other unrestricted free agents, you can do that. But you also have to maintain being a competitive now, and so you have to replace those guys now. This is why like, I talk about service years, right? Because Myers and Zadorov, like those guys are unrestricted free agents. They have the option of going and get paid, and we hear the numbers for Zadorov and what the demand might be for him. If you can just extend the service years and say, okay, you're out, but we find someone that's 26 who's going to be a restricted free agent, we, we have more club control, that's a scenario I would rather live in. I'm okay paying you know, 105 cents on the dollar for what you're sending out to what you're bringing back in, but... There's a situation. The, the thing I, I would hate to see is being static and seeing like this is the version that we're that we're going to stick with. I I would embrace like change because this isn't going to be the final product and it shouldn't be viewed as this was always an in transition year. So you can still treat it as in transition. I put that up there with uh, if you want to beat the other team, you got to outscore them. I've never said that. No, <laughs> I'm saying it's, oh, it's just an obvious statement. Uh, 650, 650. Uh, keep coming in with your thoughts. This one uh, isn't Kuzmenko a natural goal scorer. See, again, his game in the KHL wasn't necessarily goal scoring. Um, it was playmaking. And you see just he, he's, he wants to be a playmaker. Like He handles the puck, and he, he tries to do almost too much with it at times, but he's shooting less this year. That's the problem. A natural goal scorer is going to want to keep shooting. He's got the ability – he clearly does, but does he view himself as someone that has to shoot as much as he does? Like Jay Gensel, like he he chucks a ton of rubber at the net. Andre Kuzmenko, not as much, not as much. Uh, we'll get into it uh, a lot more on the way. Uh, actually, before we go, sorry, uh, we have a things to give away here. Close to uh, Dom's heart here, Scotia Bank Hockey Day in Canada taking place January seventeenth to the twentieth in Victoria. 32 Thoughts will be recording a live show at Wicket Hall in downtown Victoria on Thursday, January 18th. The show is starting at 2 o'clock. I expected to join Jeff and Elliot, our former Canucks Kevin Bieksa, and Brian Burke, other NHL alumni, and the Stanley Cup. Uh, if you'd like a free pair of tickets to the live show for 32 Thoughts, 604-280-0650. Caller number 3 at 604 604- 280-0650 for tickets to the live recording of 32 Thoughts in Victoria. Caller number three, you're walking away with a dub.
Be back in a minute here on The People Show, Sportsnet 650.